Christmas. We came into this room uh, just a couple of days ago for a Good Friday service where we didn't just remember, we reenacted the passion of Jesus at the table behind me. Stories were read from the Old Testament and the New that talked about how God is always giving, giving, giving to his people. And we got up to the end of that service and we were kind of leaning in ready for communion. And then the service just ended. We didn't take it. We just walked away. I felt like I got to the end and then it was over. So today we're going to finish by taking communion. We're going to finish where we ended on Good Friday. Only today, what we mean by communion is the word Eucharist. That has kind of a high church feel for some of you, but actually the word literally means thanksgiving. It means praise. So we're going to go out today in praise of what God did, not only on Good Friday, but on Easter, for they're all wrapped together in the life of the believer. Praise, praise, praise. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that will never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who are shielded through faith by God's power for the day and the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In this, you greatly rejoice. Even though now you face trials and griefs of many kinds, these things have come so that your faith, which is more valuable than your money, will be proved genuine and result in the glory and honor and praise when Jesus Christ is finally revealed. That's the whole story. Whole story. Right there in 1 Peter 1, 3 through 7. What it means, church, is that for us, Easter is not just a fact, it's a reality, and we live in it every day. It's not just something that happened a couple thousand years ago, it's happening again and again every day. It's not something you just believe in, it is something you live in. It's an entirely new existence. It's like being born into a world you were never in before and everything is completely different when you've come through the power of Easter. Not long ago, I bought a book by Ellsworth Callis. He's an old preacher I met a few years ago down in Asbury when I was there. And, and uh, he wrote this thin little 88-page book called uh, Easter from the Backside. 
he dedicates it to those who have found Easter and those who are still seeking. I liked it because it spoke of Easter as if it were a thing or a place or a person. It's not just an idea in your head. It's a thing. It's an object or it's a place. So when you find Easter, it's not the same thing as believing in Easter. To find something and to believe in something ain't the same thing. When my wife loses her car keys, like every other day in our house, it does no good for me to say, well, do you believe in your car keys? <laughs> do you believe that sometime they happened in the past? Close your eyes, honey. Believe and your car will stop. No, she needs to find them because when you find them, you can put them into the car and start something that you couldn't start before. They're a reality. They're not just a belief. When you find Easter, it's not the same thing as believing in it because you can start something with it. You can do something with it that you can do when you just believe in it. Now ask yourself, when outside of Easter, do you ever think about Easter? Are you thinking about it in March? Will you think about it in June? Will you think about it on the 4th of July? Are you doing anything with Easter? Can you see it? Is it happening today before your eyes so that when you see something, you go, that's Easter. That's resurrection. Have you found it? Or do you yet just believe it? I cannot find a better place to make this distinction than in John chapter 11. It's actually, oddly enough, a story that comes before Easter. Uh, Lori said to me this week, you're going to preach on what? Honey, this Easter. You don't know what you're doing. Which will be evident in a moment. In, in John chapter 11, Jesus is with his disciples and word comes to him that his friend Lazarus has died. These are the words. Lazarus, the one that you love, is sick. Jesus, when he hears the words, you'd think he'd get up and run straight into Bethany. Bethany's two miles away. It'd take him 10, 12 minutes if he's an average person. But since he's the son of God, 10 to 12 seconds. <laughs> but what he does is he waits. He does nothing for two days. He waits until Lazarus is good and dead. And then he says to his disciples, listen for it, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going to go wake him up. Well, the disciples say, well, if he's sleeping, let him sleep. He'll get better. So Jesus says more plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad I wasn't there. Because now that I'm going, 
you can believe things you couldn't believe before. So he heads off to Bethany. Word comes to Martha and Mary, Lazarus' sister, that Jesus is on the outskirts of town. Martha, because it's her nature, I guess, jumps up and runs to the edge of the village. And she meets Jesus on his way into town. And the first thing she blurts out to him is, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. I don't know how many times I've been in funerals where people said something like that. If Jesus had only been there, this would not have happened. You see, Martha believes in the resurrection, but she hadn't found it yet. She needs it, but she can't find it. So Jesus says, your brother will rise again. She says, oh, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus says, Martha, I am the resurrection. I am life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And if anyone lives and believes in me, he will never die. Martha, do you believe this? And she gave words back that are something like, well, kind of. What she said was, I believe that you are the Christ the Son of God, the one who was to come into the world. Martha, <laughs> thank you, but that's not quite what I said. What I said is, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the thing that you were waiting for at the end of time, only I'm right in front of you right now. This is the difference. If you listen closely to the conversation, you'll hear Martha say things that you might have been taught, things that you believe even to this day. And for these reasons, maybe you cannot find resurrection even though you believe in it. But if you listen to Jesus, you will hear him say other things. So part of this is just unlearning what you think you know so you can learn things that maybe you don't know. What Martha thinks is that the resurrection is simply an event that happens at the end of time. Lord, I believe that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus says, Martha... I am the resurrection, and I am right in front of you today. Martha's not wrong. She has a lot of hopes and a lot of dreams. All of these things she has loaded on to the future, on a day when God will come back and create a whole new world order. It's the end of time. And Jesus says, you're right about that, but your timing is a bit off. This is not something that happens at the end of time. The resurrection happens in the middle of time. Right now. Now you think about that. Because maybe you were trained to hold on to your faith as if you might lose it someday. But you told yourself, if I can just hold on to it, then 
after I die, there will be a resurrection and God will make all things new and I can live in that new and eternal life. But what I hear Jesus saying is, you're right about the eternal life, except it's not something you're moving toward. It is something from the future that has come back. And it is in front of you right now. I am the resurrection. You're looking at the resurrection. And I am the life you crave. Martha thinks that the resurrection will lead to life. Jesus says life leads to the resurrection. You have it now. Some of us think about hope as if it is attached to things all in the future. Take you, for instance. Take your bodies. I don't mean the, the, the shape of them. Most people in the room would say, well, I wish I could. I mean, this thing that you believe is just dragging you. How many of us in the room right now would say, oh, gosh, I could be such a better Christian were it not for this body? Now listen to Paul. If Christ is in you, then your body is dead. But your spirit is already alive. And if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is living in you now, then he will quicken your mortal bodies now by his spirit who is alive in you. What I just said was you keep hoping for things in the future you might could have now. If you could find resurrection and not simply believe in it. Martha believes that the resurrection comes after death. That it comes after the funeral. But Jesus is saying that the resurrection comes to the funeral. He said, Martha, he who believes in me will live even while he dies. So resurrection doesn't need to wait until after you die. It happens now and you are alive now before you die. And that's why you never die. Tom Torrance reminded me this week when I was reading him that in the New Testament, the crucifixion, what he called the bare-naked crucifixion, is never alone, ever. It is always seen through the eyes of the resurrection. There is never just Good Friday. There is always Good Friday as seen through Easter. So there is life happening not after death, but at the same time as death. This is why Paul would say on the outside, you're wasting away. Getting older, 
But on the inside, you are being renewed right now, day after day. You just don't know it. And when you find it, you can see it. Two weeks ago, as we went into uh, Colonial Oaks for the last time, um, I saw it. I've been there with people many times, many times, when they breathe the last time. And I don't believe I am in a state of denial because I see what is happening, but I see something else because of Easter. I know that everything Christ said he will do in the future, he's already started in the present time. It just doesn't look like what I thought it would look like, but it's already here. It's present, and we're in it now. And so I didn't just see uh, a woman dying. I saw one coming alive. I did not see a nursing home. I saw a maternity ward. I saw a birth canal. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that that which is mortal is swallowed up. He didn't say the mortal goes away. That which is mortal is swallowed up. It's eclipsed by that which is immortal. The mortal is there, but the immortal has just swallowed it all. I didn't see you dying. I saw the living, and I knew because of Easter things were not as they seem. Life is present right in the dying. I've just been trained not to look for it. Now, I know this often makes us think, well, what? What is it that uh, I got to do, man? Because I'm sort of like Martha. I believe in it, but I can't really find it. I don't really need it. I don't use it. I can't start anything with it from a day-to-day -day basis. I have good news and bad news. The bad news is that I have no instructions. If I did, well, and they work, you'd think it was the instructions. The, the, the good news is that I have a way. Jesus said... I am the resurrection in the life. So there is no way into resurrection except through Jesus. Let me say that differently. I am never better at resurrection than I am united to Jesus. The more I know Jesus... the more I see the resurrection... I'm not asking you to believe anything. I'm asking you to unite yourself with the living Christ so that the words of Christ are baked into you. So that when you say them, you know he is present in palpable ways. John said, in him was life, and that life was like the light of men. Jesus said, 
that God so loved the world he sent his son that whoever believed in him would not die but would live. That's what he said. That's what he said. Jesus said, just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, so does the son of man give life to whomever he is pleased to give it. Then he said, Verily I say unto you, which is kind of Hebrew for look right here. (laughs) Don't miss this. The time is coming. In fact, it has already come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear it will live. You say he must be talking about, no, he's not talking about now. He's not talking about just the resurrection at the end of time. He's talking about the resurrection in the middle of time. It has now come when we who hear the voice of the Son of God will live. These are the ones he raises from the dead. Jesus said, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has my life in him. He remains in me and I remain in him and he is fully alive even though it looks like he's dying. Everything that we've been hoping would happen at the end has already started. Some of you this morning are waiting for the world to get better. It's already getting better. You're just watching the wrong news channels, man. It's all you can see is what they've taught you to see. It's already getting better. You just can't see it. Things are coming alive. They're not dying. The world is not headed over the cliff. It's headed towards redemption. But you don't know it because you can't find resurrection in a world that is just engulfed in death. But oh man, if you could find it, if you knew him, if you breathed his words and they came out of you as if they were your own words, you would bring life to dead places all over this tired city. Everything God is gonna do, he started. This morning, we have eight people that have passed from death to life. I don't mean they've just asked Jesus to forgive their sins and now they're going to go to heaven. No, no. What I mean is they have been given a new spirit inside of them that is not their spirit, but his. God has created a life in them that is not their life but it is inside of their life and it is growing. It's like a new birth and they've been given an entirely new perspective. They have a new mentality. They see a new order of things. They know that things are not as they seem. They're being swallowed up by an entirely new reality. They're not just people who believe the right stuff. They're people who are entering the resurrection. Oh, man, would you look to the screen and help us get ready for them? As we say together the words I started with, would you say it in unison? 
Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed at the last time. In this, we greatly rejoice, even though for a little while we have suffered grief and all kinds of trials. For these have come so that our faith, being more precious than gold, will be proved genuine and will result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is finally revealed.